Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. What's going on, everybody? This is the man, the myth, the legend, Kelvin T, aka Big Papa. And welcome to the Back in the Day podcast. Now, on this episode, I'm going to be talking about three icons, two from the sports world and one from the music world. We're going to talk about one of the most successful running backs in the NFL, Jim Brown. And we're going to talk about the wrestling pro, superstar, Billy Graham, if you know, you know, and the iconic Miss Tina Turner. Now, these three legends have recently passed away. And we're going to dedicate this episode to their memory. We're going to play a few of Tina's songs, talk about superstar Betty Graham and Jim Brown. And I'm going to throw in a few old school songs here and there. So, let's hop in that deuce from the quarter, buckle up, and let's take a ride to back in the day. Let's go. You know, every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice. Easy. There's just one thing. You see, we never, ever do nothing. Always do it. Nice. Rough. But we're gonna take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're gonna do the finish. Rough. The way we do. Proud Mary. And we're rolling. Rolling, rolling, 
Tina Turner was born Anna Mae Bullock on November 26, 1939 in Bronzeville, Tennessee. She's the youngest of three daughters. As a young girl, like most singers do, she started singing in the church choir, children's church choir. But because of the relationship between her mother and her father, the girls moved around a lot and lived with different family members at different times in their lives. But as a teenager, her and her older sister started hanging out at nightclubs in East St. Louis. This is where she first met and saw Ike Turner, who was performing with his band, Kings of Rhythm. She said in one interview that watching him, she almost went into a trance because he was just that good, that talented. Now she did ask him, could she join his group? At first he said no, but eventually he was convinced that she should be a part of his band. And in 1960, Turner wrote a song called A Fool in Love for another artist. But that artist never showed up to the recording session. And Tina convinced him to let her sing the lead on the song. And the song became such a great hit that many people told Ike to let Tina be the main attraction or the star of the show. And with that being done, Ike was really the one that gave Tina her name. Tina, which rhymed with Sheena. Sheena was a cartoon that came out in 1941. It was called Sheena, the Queen of the Jungle. And Ike had a fascination with this character. He added Turner to the end of her name for licensing purposes. He trademarked the name as a form of protection so that if Bullock ever left him, like other singers did, he could just replace her with another quote-unquote Tina Turner. Coming up now, we have A Fool in Love by Ike and Tina Turner here on the Back in the Day podcast. Oh, there's something on my mind. Won't somebody please, please tell me what's wrong? You just a fool. You know you're in He's got me smiling, and I should be ashamed. Got me. Lying. 
The president of the R&B label, Sue Records, said that Tina sounded like screaming dirt. It was a funky sound. Okay, then. Never heard of a description like that before. But speaking of funky, here's Funky Town by Lips Inc. That's right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it today. We are talking about and featuring and honoring three icons that have recently passed away. The musical icon, Tina Turner, the all pro running back, Jim Brown, and the great wrestler, superstar, Billy Graham. But first, we're going to get our boogie on with the Jackson 5 with Don't Blame It On The Boogie. Yeah. 
my boogie on today. I'm sorry. It's a boogie-oogie kind of thing today. We're going to get back to Tina and Jim and Billy Graham. But for right now, let's keep the boogie flow going here on the Back of the Day Podcast with your host, Big Papa. Come on, y'all. Let's go.
taste of honey with Boogie Oogie Oogie. Listen, I got one more, okay? Just give me one more and I'll move on, okay? This classic came out in 1976 and it's by the group Heatwave and it's called Boogie Nights. All right, let's talk about Tina some more here. Over the next decade or two, Ike and Tina turned out some great hits. 
But during that time, Ike had became very, very abusive. And Tina recalls the story after recording the song, A Fool in Love, Tina told Ike that she didn't want to be in a relationship with him anymore. He responded by striking her in the head with a wooden shoe stretcher. He smacked her in the head with a wooden shoe stretcher. And she also said that that incident was the first time he instilled fear in her. But she decided to stay with him because she really did care about him. Now, let's, let's just stop right here for a minute. Hold on. This is my advice to, to the ladies. Ladies, sisters, if a man puts hands on you and physically abuses you, it's time to go. I'm sorry. What kind of man are you? You have to prove yourself by putting your hands on a woman. You're not really a man. If my daughters ever came to me and said, somebody put their hands on them, just get my bail money ready, please. I'm going to need bail money. But honestly, with my daughters, I won't have to worry about it. I'll be getting bail money for them. If you know, you know. <laughs> but ladies, Yes, you may love them, you may care about them, but being abused physically, mentally, psychologically, if he doesn't get help, leave. You don't have to take that. All right? Just my opinion. So after years of abuse, and you all know the story how they were on their way to their one of their concerts and they got into a fight, a physical fight. And later on that day, Tina ran away. She only had change in her pocket. She ran down the street to another hotel and asked them could she get a room and she would pay them back. But all she had was a few cents in her pocket. But in 1978, their divorce was finalized. And she went on to be a global icon. What a story of victory and overcoming the odds that she came through all that mess and became who she is today, known today. So we salute you, Tina, the queen of rock and roll. Here is What's Love Got To Do With It by Tina Turner. Touch of your hand makes my folks react That it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl opposites attract It's physical Only logical You must try to ignore that it means more than
What's love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Again, Tina Turner. What a great story of courage, redemption, and and faith. And putting in the work to overcome and get through all those circumstances she went through. Amazing. So now we're going to pivot and talk about one of the greatest running backs of all time, Mr. James Nathaniel Brown. Jim Brown was born February 17, 1936, in St. Simmons Island, Georgia. His father, Swinton, was a boxer, a professional boxer, and his mother, Teresa, was a homemaker. When James was eight years old, he moved to Manhasset, New York on Long Island, where his mother worked as a domestic. He went to Manhasset High School, and that's where he became a football star and an athletic legend. Check this out. Not only did he play football, but Jim Brown played baseball, basketball, and he ran track. And surprisingly, he played lacrosse to the point where he was so good, he was actually voted into the lacrosse hall of fame. Wow. 
So Mr. Brown was a very exceptional athlete. And we'll talk more about him. But right now, we're going to get back into the music. Here's Smokey Robinson with Quiet Storm here on the Back in the Day podcast.
All right. In 1954, Jim Brown attended Syracuse University. While at Syracuse, he did excel athletically, but he also endured racist taunts, and he was treated differently from his teammates. He was housed in a non-athletic dormitory, and he was warned against dating Caucasian women. And even the coaching staff tried to put him in other positions, including punter, lineman, and wide receiver. Can you imagine Jim Brown being a lineman? I mean, he probably would have been good at it, though, because he was just that good. But in his senior year, he was a first-round, first-team All-American. He finished fifth in the Heisman Trophy voting, and he set records for the highest season rushing average and the most touchdowns in one game, in a single game, which was six. And speaking of that game, it was a regular season finale, and Syracuse won 61-7. to What's even the game? He rushed for 197 yards, and he scored six touchdowns, yes. But also, he kicked seven extra points for a school record 43 points. So he did it all. He could have did it all, right? He was drafted in 57 in the first round, pick number six, by the Cleveland Browns. Brown went on to have a stellar career as an NFL running back. Three times NFL Most Valuable Player, NFL Rookie of the Year, eight-time first-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl, eight-times NFL Rushing Yards Leader, five-time NFL Rushing Touchdowns Leader. And in 1964, he led the Cleveland Browns to an NFL championship. The amazing thing is he only played for eight years. That's insane. And still today, he's regarded as one of the best to ever do it. So he moved on from the NFL to becoming a actor. He obtained 53 acting credits and several leading roles throughout the 70s. He has been described as Hollywood's first black action hero. And his role in the 1969 film, 100 Rifles, made cinematic history for it featured interracial love scenes. Mind blown. When we come back, we'll talk more about his activism in the civil rights movement. Here are the Isley Brothers with Groove with you. Thinking of me 
Jim Brown was one of the most prominent African-American athletes to engage in the civil rights activism. And he also called on other African-American athletes to become involved in similar initiatives off the field. In 1967, 
Brown, along with Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Carl Stokes were all members of the Cleveland Summit, a meeting with Muhammad Ali held with the intention of convincing the four to rally behind and recruit others to help Ali's cause of civil rights in the United States. This all came about because Muhammad Ali opposed the Vietnam, the Vietnam War. He refused to enter the draft. Because of that decision, his boxing license had been revoked and he faced up to five years in prison. Now for Brown and the other participants to stand with Ali in support of him and his position actually put their reputations and careers at risk. The Cleveland Summit was later called a significant turning point for the role of the athlete in society and one of the most important civil rights acts in sports history. Brown also founded the Negro Industrial Economic Union, later known as the Black Economic Union, to help promote economic opportunities for minority-owned businesses. For, mar- for minority-owned businesses. Some 20 years later, Brown founded the Amera I Can Foundation, an organization that sought to divert gang members and prisoners from violence by teaching them life skills. So throughout his whole life, he was very active and spoke out against racism. He was a great example and a role model for our black men today. Coming up now, we have Tina Turner, Simply the Best.
Hey there, this is Erica Dawn of Erica Dawn Voices, and you are listening to the Back in the Day podcast with Big Papa.
Now, here's a man who brightens up wherever he goes in more ways than one in his bright shirt, Superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. superstar. superstar Billy Graham right here live and in living color. Superstar, you know, it's the middle of January, but I've been through the tropics. I got my traffic suntan on, you understand? Superstar been behind the iron curtain, in front of the iron curtain, to the bamboo curtain, all around the world. Superstar Billy Graham putting the 24-inch pythons around anybody that's willing to get next to Superstar Billy Graham. In 1986, there's going to be a whole lot of people Go get in the fish. I want the cameraman come in close. Come in close and look at the arm. Don't, don't cover my arm up now. I want the world to see the 24 inch pythons of superstar Billy Graham. Got more moves than a bowl of jello made out of solid steel. I got the arms that the ladies want to feel. They want to grab my tricep. They want to grab my bicep. They want to grab hold my serratus magnuses. I'm cool. Uh, yeah, I'm bad to the bowl. Superstar Billy Graham, stronger, faster, better, prettier. I even smell better this year. You understand what I'm talking about? Me? Superstar Billy Graham fans, and he's excited about 1986, and so are we. Let's go to the ring. Yes, I am a true wrestling fan, and Superstar Billy Graham. Man, what an icon he was in the wrestling world. Say what you think. Everybody has their own opinion. Is it choreographed? Yes, a lot of it is. Are the outcomes already determined? Yes, most of the time they are already determined. But the things these athletes do, the moves they do, the maneuvers they make, can be death-defying. They have people have broken bones, broken legs, broken arms, broken their neck. There's that. Some have really, some have actually died, too. So it's real, but it's it's sports entertainment, yes. And superstar Billy Graham, boy, he was a character like none other, one of the originals from back in the day. He recently passed away uh, at the age of 80. I think he was 80. But he had such an influence on wrestlers today like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, the ones that were really flamboyant and out there. He was a great influence on them. The one thing I found out was that he was a Christian. Yeah. His name was Eldridge Wayne Coleman Jr. <laughs> Eldridge Wayne Coleman Jr. He was born June 7th, 1943. He got his name from actual, from the evangelist, world-known evangelist, Billy Graham. That's crazy. But yeah, uh, he was, a, he was a Christian. He was saved. And again, he made his fame in the WWF, NWA. He, he went around the world wrestling. He's a great athlete, great human being, uh, great guy. So I know I said there was only three icons I wanted to honor today, but a friend of mine, uh, 
Lionel Brooks reminded me of someone that just recently passed who was an icon. And that is the great Harry Belafonte. So after this next song, I'm going to come back and talk to you about Harry Belafonte. Let's go. Daylight come and me wango Work all night and a drink a rum Daylight come and me wango Stack banana till the morning come Daylight come and me wango Come Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana Belafonte Jr. on March 1st, 1927 in Harlem, New York. He was an American singer, actor, and activist who popularized calypso music with international audiences in the 1950s. He is one of the few performers that have received an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. He's considered an EGOT. He was best known for his recordings of Deo 
the Banana Boat song, the one you just heard. Jump in the line, Jamaica Farewell, and Mama's Boy Child. His breakthrough album, Calypso, which came out in 1956, became the first LP in the world to sell more than one million copies within a year. Wow, a million copies in a year. The first to do it. It's amazing. He released 30 studio albums, eight live albums, and achieved critical and commercial success. He was dubbed the King of Calypso. Now with his television and movie career, he appeared in quite a few TV shows. He appeared in 16 films, most notably the 1954 film Carmen Jones alongside Dorothy Dandridge. Interesting fact about the film, his singing was dubbed or sung by an opera singer. The producers deemed his voice as unsuitable for his role. Can you believe that? He also appeared in the cult classic in one of my favorite movies, Uptown Saturday Night, as Geechee Dan. Great movie. Oh, I gotta go watch that now. Belafonte was heavily involved in the civil rights movement alongside Dr. King. Matter of fact, he was one of his closest confidants. He supported the King family financially during the movement. He was also a humanitarian activist. In 1985, he helped organize the Grammy award-winning song, We Are The World, which was an effort to help raise funds for Africa. Now on the political side, he was a beast. He was very outspoken. He made a lot of controversial statements against the U.S. foreign policy, a U.S. sitting president, and all, all those on his cabinet. He didn't hold back. He shot from the hip. He stood firm on what he believed, and he didn't take anything back. He would add more to it. So we, we salute Harry Balafonte Jr. for his activism and his heroic stand in the civil rights movement and being the king of Calypso. Now there's a lot more information about this man, but I can't tell it all. So do some research for yourself, all right? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Back in the Day podcast with your host, Big Papa. Be so strong 
That was Keith Washington and Shantae Moore with I Love You. And before that, you heard another icon, Anita Baker with Lead Me Into Love. Well, everybody, we're coming to the end of the show. I really had fun doing this one, spotlighting these icons. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you all for your support. I really do appreciate you all listening to my podcast. It means a lot. So, in closing, as always, love God, love yourself, and spread love. Because the question was asked, what's love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. We need love now more than ever before in this world. So stay safe. Live life. Have fun. But be careful. And until next time, remember, back in the day, it was all that. Peace and head grease. And I'm out. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid.